0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Dear family, if if I could give a title to our entire meditation today, it would be, God gave us a brain, let us use it. Before we begin a scriptural focus for our meditation today, based as they always are on our sacred scripture There is a new directive which affects us here at St. James, as well as every parish in the diocese, as well as every parish in the state of Wisconsin, as well as every one of Wisconsin's citizens, 5,822,000 citizens. For as you surely have heard by now, Comrade Evers has issued a new edict mandating face masks. But yesterday, I tracked down his justification for the whereas order, his justification for his mandate. So, being as his justification directly impacts upon you, my dear parish family, then it is fair game to comment on it here in the Amble for a Catholic review of this government's control. He titled his mandate thusly Emergency Order Number One Relating to Preventing the Spread of COVID-19 by Requiring Face Masks Face Coverings in Certain Situations Under Family, God gave us a brain. Let us use it Factually to declare an emergency is a bald faced lie There is no emergency, nor is it possible to prevent the spread of COVID-19, short of putting us all into hazmat suits, locking us in our houses, and shooting anyone who comes within range. That might sound ridiculous, the shooting part, until you realize all the shooting going on in so many blue cities around the country, and until you realize that hundreds and hundreds of police, perhaps more than a thousand, have been injured by the violence and several killed by all the people who dare to call their criminal violence a protest. Dear family, five full months after the initial lockdown, we are five full months later, there is no such thing as an emergency. Then Comrade Evers, first whereas states, on July 30th, 2020, I issued Executive Order 82 declaring a public health Emergency to combat the uncontrolled spread of COVID 19 throughout the state of Wisconsin. Dear family, God gave us a brain. Let's use it. Allegedly, this emergency is to combat the uncontrollable, uncontrolled spread of a virus from which about 99.75% of people recover with little or no symptoms. As the meme, if you've seen it, with Rod Serling put it, listen closely now and you can hear Rod Serling's voice in your head, that Twilight Zone voice, imagine a virus so dangerous, so lethal, so deadly, that you had to be tested to even know you had it. Dear family, we have entered the Twilight Zone. God gave us a brain, let us use it. The entire premise of this emergency order is a godless, diabolical farce. He continued, whereas whereas face coverings are a proven effective way to slow the spread of COVID 19 without having a significant impact on people's day to day lives. You're a liar, Comrade Evers. You are a liar. Again, dear family, God gave us a brain. Let us use it. That is a big, fat misrepresentation that rises to the level of a big lie, and there's a commandment against that? First of all, as I said, you all know, that five months ago, the big lie sold to us was that we needed to flatten the curve, flatten the curve. Do we get enough ventilators? We have ventilators coming out our ears. That has been. Done. And dear family, there is no way on God's earth to eliminate the curve. It will be there, if not now, in the future, as it has been in the past and as it will be in the future. There will be viruses. There will be a curve of infection rates. You can't eliminate the curve. Hazmat suits, I suppose, are a proven and effective way to minimize the risk risks of exposure to a very specific, clear, and present danger. However, unless we want to spend the rest of our entire lives walking around the houses in brightly colored hazmat suits, there's no way on God's green earth to prevent the ultimate spread of the virus from which something like 99.75% of people recover with little or no symptoms. In fact... The quicker more people get it, the virus, the quicker there will be herd immunity, which is the way and the only way to get rid of it in the first place. It'll die out and go away once we get herd immunity. The delay and the spread only will make Comrade Evers' godless dehumanizing imposition of restrictions only will make the, the cycle of the virus last longer and cause, here's the key, and cause infinitely more damage to our humanity. But, like every good comrade knows, will also cause permanent destruction to our economy, whereupon the communist comrades swoop in and become the people's savior, elevating mere man to Godhead. Dear family, this has been played out so many times before that no sheeple will have any excuse whatsoever for having followed the communists like lemmings. Just read 1 Samuel 8, 1 Samuel 8, 1 Samuel 8. Dear, God, dear family, God gave us a brain. Let us use it and recognize it for what it is. The dehumanizing effect on our human nature and the devastating effects on the economic well-being of 5,822,000 badgers is revealed everywhere throughout our country, not just in Madison and in Milwaukee. And the godless rioting, looting, burning, and shooting, it's everywhere. For instance, in Chicago, homicides have increased 50% in 2020, 139% in July alone, as it continues to get worse. That is what godless, dehumanizing lockdowns and face masks and utter destruction of jobs in the economy does to human nature. A host of other cities, Houston, Atlanta, Los Angeles, New York, Philadelphia, Portland, Seattle, also saw spikes in shootings and murders. The Atlanta mayor, Keisha Lance Bottom, said in July... Just this past month. I think it's just a perfect storm of distress in America. Why, yes, it is. Thank you, Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms, for speaking the truth, for using the brains God gave you. However, this fact of human nature seems to be entirely lost on Evers, who apparently hasn't driven around Madison or over to Milwaukee to witness the rioting, looting, birding, and shooting. Evers continued, whereas... Published scientific research has shown that the probability of transmission during exposure between a person infected with COVID-19 to an uninfected person is 17.4%. If face coverings are not worn, and watch this, and 3.1% if face coverings are worn. The family God gave us a brain. Let us use it. According to what? evers himself just said that means that there is an 82.6 per probability of no transmission between an infected person and uh, not infected in a healthy person without masks 82.6 percent of the time no transmission further according to what evers himself said 3.1 percent of the time transmission regardless of face masks Which means, dear family, we just do the simple math, there's only a potential reduction in transmission of only 14%. Further, Evers cites no research whatsoever and conveniently glosses over what is the percentage of times when a person who freely chooses to wear a mask, freely, not some government mandate, freely chooses to wear a mask in self-defense, does not get it no matter what. In other words, if we, in our freedom, choose to wear a mask properly, has to wear it properly, then in theory, 96.9% of mask choosers will not get it. That's your choice. That's my choice, dear family. That's not ever's choice. Remember, dear family, never forget and see it for what it is that the original 14-day lockdown, which crushed the economy, and did inestimable damage to everyone's health and well-being. It affected every one of the 5,822,000 Badgers. This original 14-day lockdown was supposed to identify in 14 days who was sick and who was not. But our comrades and elected office morphed 14 days into five months, and now are morphing it into another two months with no end in sight, except the very foreseeable destruction of humanity, of our communion with our fellow human beings and destruction of the economy, which leads to more destruction, more destruction of humanity. Your family, God gave us a brain, let us use it. The fact is that there is no research whatsoever That face masks can eliminate the curve. There isn't. In fact, we know it cannot eliminate the curve. And what starts out as two months soon will be four months because a small number of people still are going to get sick until we get the herd immunity. Welcome to 4,000 years of human history, Governor Evers. Unfortunately, research does show that there are plenty of other negative health consequences to wearing the mask. I've seen some of the pictures, but let's not go there, Governor Evers. Let's ignore that research, Governor Evers. What Comrade Evers next asserts is whereas modeling by the University of Washington, the state of Washington, left wing, left wing coast, modeling by the University of Washington's Institute for Health Metrics and Evaluation estimates that a face covering requirement in Wisconsin could save more than 500 lives by October 1st if 95% of Wisconsinites wear a face covering in public. In other words, Evers justifies his imposition of another godless and dehumanizing order on the entire population of 5,822,000 badgers, not based on any actual research data, but based on yet another fallible human-based model. And if we've learned anything about these research models over the last five months, is that they're not worth the paper wasted to print them out. Further, Evers uses typical left-wing scare tactics and virtual sig- virtue signaling, saying, again, according to some model by some scientist out in ultra-left-wing lib state of Washington, that possibly... 500 badgers' lives would be saved if he imposes this godless, dehumanizing face mask requirement. Your family, God gave us a brain. Let us use it. What you probably do not know is that this year, or in 2017, 52,697 badgers died. The rate increases by over 1% per year, so roughly 53,206 badgers died in 2018, 53,788 badgers died in 2019, and we can expect that 54,275 badgers will die in 2020. So dear family, this godless, dehumanizing, fascist face mask order is being stuffed down the throats of 5 million 822,000 badgers for fully two months for the allegedly for the possible possible saving, according to this model made up by scientists of less than one percent of those who will die this year in Wisconsin already. Your family, God gave us a brain. Let us use it. In fact, your family, when you take into account the entire population of badgers, Evers is stuffing this godless and dehumanizing fascist order, affecting not merely less than 1% of all badgers, but affecting less than point zero 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 eight six of all badgers. That is to say, Evers' destructive order on 5,822,000 badgers is for the benefit of 0.8100,000 of all badgers. Tiny, tiny, tiny fraction. Dear family, God gave us a brain, let us use it. The ends do not justify the means. The law of the land guides us in this regard, as it has from the beginning of our country. It guides us with a time honored concept known as proportionality. The concept of proportionality is used as a criterion of fairness and justice in statutory interpretation processes, especially in constitutional law, as a logical method intended to assist in discerning the correct balance between any restriction imposed and the benefit to be obtained. So in our law, and we are a country of laws, there actually must be a cost-benefit analysis when determining the validity of such an administrative act as this most recent emergency order. The way to reach a decision on the validity of the act is to go through a four step process and failure at any step along the way means failure of the act. There must be a legitimate aim for a measure. The measure must be suitable to achieve the aim, potentially with the requirement of evidence to show that it will have that effect. The measure must be necessary to achieve the aim, and that there cannot be any less onerous way of doing it. And the measure must be reasonable, considering the competing interests of different groups at hand. Your family, without going into detail, and you know I could, the lawyer and me could come out, we'd be here a while. Evers' executive order fails every single one of those four criteria. Unless we fight against it and win, then we might as well start wearing a hammer and sickle on our arms and trade the stars and bars for the red flag of communism that certainly would make the comrades of the nba happy who once again disrespected the flag of the greatest country on earth by taking a knee at the national anthem yet yet who suck up to all the money in china the second most human rights violator on the planet Dear family, it's not all just my opinion. It never is. The last 10 vicars of Christ have condemned such godless communist government tactics, which means in clearest terms that God actually does damn socialists and socialism. So dear family, God did give us a brain. Unfortunately, some people through their own faults, through their own sins of omission, have failed simple math and cannot comprehend these Simple calculations. But I, as your pastor, am watching out for you. And when some godless socialist attacks your very humanity, whenever it attacks your religious freedom, and make no mistake about it, dear family, this is an attack on your religious freedom, you can rest assured that I will use the brains God gave me to make it as simple and as clear as possible so that you can spread the news. Ever's entire justification for his mandatory masking is a godless, dehumanizing lie. And now, dear family, once again, and as always, our sacred scripture, some of it, 3,000 years old, is so completely on point. is so applicable to us today. The question on the table, then, for each one of us, for every person out there, was, are we hungry enough For our sacred scripture and Jesus who is revealed to us in it. Are we thirsty enough for Jesus? Are we hungry and thirsty for the Lord? We hear in one of the Psalms, 3000 years old. The eyes of all look hopefully to you. And you give them their food in due season. You open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. In these desperate times, are we turning our eyes upon Jesus? Are we looking hopefully to him? In the Gospels, we hear from 2,000 years ago that faithful followers of Jesus did turn their eyes upon him. And sometimes that required them to literally seek him and find him. Do you remember the one time he goes off to his deserted place? But they hungered and thirsted for him so much that they tracked him down. And lo, when they found him, his heart was moved with pity for them. Are we hungry enough? Are we thirsty enough that we will do what those people did, go in search of Jesus out into the wilderness? Let's face it. They did a lot more than so many have to do today to hear, to be present, in the presence of Jesus. Do you remember those crowds left their various towns and went on foot, went a great distance just to hear Jesus speak. No promises or guarantees of any particular reward. No, I'm doing this because of what's in it for me. They just got up off their couch and trekked a great distance to just possibly hear Jesus. They weren't even sure he'd be there when they got there. It was so far away that just to eat, they would have had to go back and trek another long distance. There were no Culvers and McDonald's on the way. When I was pondering all this, I remembered a time it was just a few years ago. I was blessed to attend the EAA Air Show up in Oshkosh with some parishioners, dear friends of mine. It was a very hot day under a very hot sun over in Oshkosh, and Uh, Julie had this thing on her hip that measured your steps and how far you went. I trekked nine miles that day in the hot sun just to see some old planes. I had to ask myself as I was pondering this. Would I? Would I do the same thing? Trek nine miles in the hot sun to get somewhere with only the possibility that some prophet, some great speaker might be there. Remember, at the time, they did not even know that Jesus was the Son of God. You know, at least when we make the effort to jump in our air conditioned cars and drive to our air conditioned church, we're assured that an ordained priest of the Catholic Church will be there, and there will be the miracle of all miracles, the consecration. And we will be fed with the bread of angels. We have that guarantee. But not those people back then. And look how hungry they were. Look how thirsty they were. They sought out Jesus. And as he said, seek and you shall find. And they found him. And then what happened? Do you remember? He disembarked, saw them all, all the people. His heart was moved with pity for them. And he took care of them. And he healed many of them. Why? Because he loved them. And all four Gospels record that magnificent day when Jesus fed the 5,000 men, which really means maybe 20,000 or more people, counting women and children. He took bread, blessed, and broke it. And then he gave it to his apostles to give to his people. The family, we don't have to use much of our brains. We don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out that that day prophesied. The Holy Eucharist, the sacrifice of Calvary, the body, blood, soul, and divinity, the real presence given by Jesus to be distributed by his apostles ever since the Last Supper. Distributed to those to nourish the souls of those who are hungry enough and thirsty enough to seek out Jesus. So again, how hungry are we? How thirsty are we? How much do we really want Jesus? What are we willing to do? What are we willing to sacrifice in order to receive him? Let us recall, as we're pondering this, that to be hungry and thirsty for Jesus means by definition that we are hungry and thirsty for the cross. Let us recall the astonishing and humbling words of Thomas Akempis on the imitation of Christ, who said, Jesus has always many who love his heavenly kingdom, but few who bear his cross. He has many who desire consolation, but few who care for trial. He finds many to share his table, but few to take part in his fasting. All desire to be happy with Jesus, but few wish to suffer anything for him. Many follow him to the breaking of the bread but few to the drinking of the chalice of his passion. Many revere his miracles, few approach the shame of the cross. And then Thomas Aquinas wrote this, behold in the cross is everything. And upon your dying on the cross everything depends. There is no other way to life and to true inward peace in the way of the Holy Cross and daily mortification. Arrange and order everything to suit your will and judgment. And still you will find some, that some suffering must always be borne, willingly or unwillingly, and thus you will always find the cross. He continues, take up your cross, therefore, and follow Jesus, and you shall enter eternal life. He himself opened the way before you and carrying his cross and upon it, he died for you that you too might take up your cross and long to die upon it. If you die with him, you shall also live with him. And if you share his suffering, you shall also share his glory. So again, it conclude, how hungry are we? How thirsty are we? How much do we really want Jesus, do we want him enough to carry and die on the cross? That question actually is being put to us this very day because we are in fact living in desperate times. We're living in very, very dangerous times and it seems that so many are so blind they can't even recognize it. We're living in frightening times when so many have drunk the Kool-Aid of secularism, diabolical socialism. We're living in desperate, dangerous, frightening, and diabolical times. If there ever was a time you most definitely need to seek Jesus and find him, it is now. So, no matter how desperate, dangerous, frightening, or diabolical these times may seem, let your hungry hunger For our Lord grows stronger. Let your thirst for him grow stronger. Seek him out always and you will find him. And when you do, receive him in the Holy Eucharist so that you will be stronger to resist and obstruct the wiles of the devil as evil in this world continues to try to destroy your faith and your family. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.